I'm Mark Pender for Econoday with Mark Rogers, senior economist for Econoday. Mark, there's a lot of economic news this week, but again, people will be looking over their shoulder about potential Fed tapering of their quantitative easing policy, perhaps as early as September. What was uh, new on this from this past week? Well, it was basically Fed speak, Fed speak, and more Fed speak. On Monday, Dallas Fed's President Richard Fisher, Fisher spoke on the economy and indicated that the Fed could start parring down the quantitative easing program as early as September. But he did emphasize that it would be, and his word was, gingerly. And I think that's an important point for the markets to notice, and I'm not sure they did notice. And then Tuesday, Dennis Lockhart from the Atlanta Fed basically reiterated the same thing in an interview that uh, the stimulus program could begin easing in September, but might also wait longer depending on uh, the strength of economic growth. And then later in the day, Chicago Fed President Charles Evans said the, the Fed will probably decrease its asset purchase program sometime later this year. It's a little more vague. Uh, and then Wednesday, another Fed president, Cleveland Fed Sandra Pianalto, said that uh, the Fed would be prepared to cut back on its asset purchases if the labor markets labor market continues on its current path of improving. So basically, uh, Fed speak has basically been stating that uh, there's going to be a cutback in quantitative easing. There's some uncertainty about when it's going to happen, but it could happen as early as September. But it also appears that there's the emphasis that it's going to be very gradual. Well, that leaves us really, if, it's, if it does um, happen in September, that will put a lot of focus on the August uh, employment report. And if that August employment report is in trend showing uh, moderate uh, uh, growth and another uh, downtick in the unemployment rate, how do you think, Mark, the uh, markets will react? Do you think that this has been priced in, uh, basically? Um, it looks like some tapering has been priced in. There's just tremendous uncertainty. Clearly, the Fed is trying to provide substantial guidance in terms of uh, the, the tapering plan, but they're also saying they're not 100% certain about the path. They're, they're going to wait on the data, and you're right. They're going to be focusing heavily on the August employment report that comes out first Friday in September, but they'll be looking at other indicators as also. Well, now uh, this week we have uh, some indications on July to really get a feel for what that August uh, employment report may, may look like. Uh, we have a big, busy schedule. The first big item out is retail sales on Tuesday. Uh, the prior month's headline looked good at up 0.4% uh, for June, but after taking out autos and gasoline, sales were kind of disappointing with a 0.1% dip. How does it look for July? We've got uh, mixed numbers. We've got some improvement in the weekly data on uh, basically uh, store sales, 
and gasoline prices are up, which would clearly affect the, the headline number. But we also had unit new vehicle sales down in July, 1.8%. So it's going to tug down on the headline number. Uh, as usual, the focus needs to be on retail sales, excluding autos and gasoline. And based on the early data, analysts are expecting a healthy number at up 0.4%. Okay, now let's move to uh, the manufacturing uh, and industrial economy. We have industrial production. Uh, for July, there was a decent 0.3% gain in June, and the manufacturing component uh, was up by 0.3% also in that report. What are the forward-looking indicators suggesting for July? It's very mixed. This, this, is, this is one of the indicators this week where there's going to be a good bit of uncertainty. There's strong dif differences in the early numbers. Uh, a key figure that the Fed looks at in terms of calculating the initial estimate for the manufacturing component of, of industrial production is production worker hours for manufacturing from the employment report. That fell a, sh a sharp 0.5%. That indicates there could be weakness in manufacturing. However, uh, as always, the auto component is wild card, uh, and we're coming off retooling. So, depending on how the Fed treats auto assemblies, it could offset the production worker hours figure. And uh, the manufacturing surveys have pointed in the other direction in terms of most of them have been positive. We had a gain in uh, the market PMI, a gain in ISM manufacturing, and three out of four of the Fed regional surveys showed improvement. That is for uh, Empire State, Philly Fed, and Kansas City, but with Richmond declining. So uh, they're very divergent numbers for where the manufacturing component for industrial production is going to come out for July. And of course, utilities is always a wild card, uh, depending on atypical weather. And uh, different parts of the country have had atypical weather. And, to, uh, and utilities are a separate component outside of manufacturing and the industrial component report. And, but to underscore that divergence, the ISM's production component which is one of their five uh, components of their uh, PMI, what had a huge outlier, one of the very, very biggest increases ever in, that, in the long history of that report. And then the production hours in the employment uh, report went the other way. That was really a, a standout contrast. Um, it, so looks like, not, it looks like analysts are focusing more on the surveys than on the uh, production worker hours. Interesting. Um, the final big report is on the housing sector, which has been important for helping the recovery in recent months. Housing starts and permits post-Friday. Housing starts retrenched sharply in June on a downswing in the volatile multifamily component, and atypically wet weather likely weighed on starts. What are the likely cross-currents for the July report? There's a lot going on in housing, even though it looks like uh, there's still forward momentum. We had a sharp drop in starts and in permits in the latest report, and as you indicated, weakness was in the very volatile multifamily com component. Um, 
But we've had uh, some good news in terms of housing. The, in a, the National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index for July was up a significant six points to 57. And that was the highest level since 2006. So that's very positive. Future sales are very strong. Uh, traffic is up, though that's a little bit lagging. New home sales in June were up at a recovery high, and that's going to encourage home builders in terms of uh, new construction. Uh, their cross currents in terms of fundamentals. Uh, jobs are improving, but modestly. But those that are employed are feeling safer about their jobs. Home prices are up moderately. That's bringing some homes from being, under, being underwater to having positive equity again. Uh, that's bringing more homes onto the market and also encouraging home builders to add to supply. Mortgage rates are up. Uh, and there are uh, two, two cross currents there. If uh, potential home buyers expect rates to be going up, they're likely to be rushing into the market to buy before rates go up. But then there may be the effect later that higher mortgage rates from Fed tapering, uh, that's inevitable. Fed tapering is going to result in higher mortgage rates is just a question of how much. So uh, down the road is going to be a question of whether higher mortgage rates are offset by a stronger economy. And that's what the Fed is going to be deliberating. Well, you know, in an aside, uh, the National Association of Realtors noted that uh, their, the difference between their pending home sales report and the and the final existing home sales uh, included people uh, uh, bailing on their contracts when they saw uh, the rates go up. Anyway, well, thank you very much. That's Mark Rogers of uh, Senior Economist for Econoday, and I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.